0: Welcome, beautiful people, to none other than the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. You know we're talking about the Fight Podcast. And this is episode 167. I am your host, none other than Serge Vicente, the Underground King. And we have an amazing, amazing show for you guys today. Today... We are going to touch on so many beautiful things, man. But before I get to today's menu, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEat.com chicago.com again sage eat chicago.com get all of your fitness goals and healthy needs right there check them out and get 10 percent off your first three months also while we're at it don't forget to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast at everywhere. (laughs) Podcasts are available where you can download them. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Let your friends let everybody know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. One more time for them. Let's go ahead and let a shot ring out. And don't forget to follow me as well, The Underground King, everywhere on all social media platforms at Serge Vicente. With that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the menu on today's show. Today, we are going to do, as always as we do every week, five rounds of fight news. We're going to talk about Conor McGregor's return. What does this mean for him? What does this mean for the sport? What does this mean for the division? We're going to deep dive into it. Also, Canelo Alvarez, Jorge Masvidal. Is this fight actually going to happen? Everyone's talking about the whole boxing MMA crossover thing. Is this a fight? The greatest pound for pound boxer of today against the BMF title holder in the MMA? Will it happen? We'll discuss. Um, Also, we have huge fight announcements. Not only is Conor coming back. Not only is Conor fighting Cowboy Cerrone. But we have a whole lot of other big names coming back to the sport in early 2020. So I would discuss that as well. We're also going to jump into UFC Fight Night Overeem versus Rosenstruik. And I can't forget. I'm going to round it up. I'm bringing this up at the very end because guess what? That's when I want to talk about it. And we're going to talk about the biggest fight of the weekend. One of the biggest heavyweight title fights that we've had in the last decade. We have the rematch. The former champion, Anthony Joshua, the former gold medalist, the the, the pretty boy. The, the biggest face of boxing at one point in time. Against the Mexican Rocky. Against... The first Mexican heavyweight champion of all time. I'm talking about Andy Ruiz Jr. That fight, the rematch is coming up this upcoming weekend. We're going to talk about that and so much more on today's episode, man. But before we jump into it, yo, I hope you've all had an amazing week. We had a couple of days to go ahead and let all the turkey and everything kind of um, make its way down. By now, we shouldn't have any more leftovers left. That is, if you're, you know, actually eating. <laughs> so we got to make sure, you know, everything is copacetic. Um, I hope you guys, like I said, had an amazing Thanksgiving. I know I did. Um, had an opportunity to hang out with my family went to my parents' house man um cousin's aunt's uncle's brother his new wife girlfriend my dog man it was an amazing time and one thing that you have to love about the holidays you have to love about Thanksgiving not only do you have an opportunity to eat but you know it dude, dude, it really does bring memories you have these Amazing memories. You have these amazing meals. Um, a lot of times you see people that you haven't seen or really spoken to in a long time. Um, Thanksgiving for me personally is probably my favorite holiday. But um, all in all, look, man, the way the food—let's let's just keep it a buck. The food has to be on point, and this is the beautiful thing about being black and Puerto Rican. Not only. Do I get the mac and cheese and greens? But I also get the, the arroz con habichuela and the lechon. Fam, the mixed family Thanksgivings is always what's up. You gotta love it. So I had, I, I indulged. I'm not going to stunt. I indulged, man. I, I've been eating. I literally finished the last bit of leftovers last night. Um, the desserts were on point. And you know what's funny? A lot of times... We all have that aunt. Probably been smoking squares a little bit too long. She used to be able to cook. Now it just tastes like somebody don't got taste buds anymore. Well, whatever happened to that aunt, I'm not going to stunt. Yo, my titi came back, y'all. The cookies and the desserts were on point. So there was not a miss on my Thanksgiving table, man. What did I bring to the table? Yes, I know. I'm a chef. All they wanted me to bring was roasted veggies. I know it sounds boring. It's not fun, but it's delicious. And you know what? With all the other nonsense that we had, I needed those veggies, man. So look, happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you out there. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the festivities. But now we're back into action. I mean, not really back into action. It feels that way. But, I mean, this is the holiday season. Everyone is already kind of lackadaisical. Everyone's kind of chilling already. Um, I have been invested in Disney+. Plus. Good God. Yo, if you're not on it, you should jump on it. I, I And here's the thing. I don't know if it's one of the things that is just like my, like, I don't know if some of these young kids understand some of the amazing things shows fam smart guy smart guy yo I'm man just one for smart guy dude one of the best shows of all time i loved it and i have been binging the hell out of that show the mandalorian is what's up man it, it's been a lot of fun catching up with that so i was able to do that with the fam with my lady with my pooch um it was all good man Um, But even still, with all of the festivities, we know MMA has been a little quiet. UFC had a two week hiatus. Boxing, you know, a couple weeks ago, week before last, we had the the huge Deontay Wilder card uh, with Luis Ortiz. Um, But this past week and a half has been a little quiet. But man, the news never sleeps, does it? There's been so much cracking in the news, and that is why your boy is going to start off today with five rounds of fight news. So without further ado, let's jump into round number one. All right, man, we have to start. We have to. With by far the biggest news Honestly, I hate to even say this, being that it's already in December. This is possibly the biggest MMA news of the year. Oh, I hate to admit it, but it's true. The notorious one, Conor McGregor, is back. Conor McGregor is back, and he will be taking on none other. Then Donald Cowboy Cerrone, January 18th, 2020, Las Vegas, Nevada. Yo, it's a fight that I'm not going to lie. A lot of casuals might be surprised. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. This is something that Conor has flirted with. This is something that the UFC has tried to make happen. About a month and a half ago, Conor McGregor had that huge press conference in Russia. And there he even admitted that he wants to make his return January 18th, 2020. He said it's either going to be Cowboy Cerrone or the the most violent man in the sport, Justin Gaethje. And he decided to go ahead and jump into Conor with um, with Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Now, again, this is a fight that all of us knew what was coming. Everybody anticipated this fight happening. Everybody knew it was coming up. And again, it doesn't come as a surprise. But what did come as a surprise is this fight is actually going to be held not at 155 pounds, Conor McGregor's best weight class, But it is going to take place at 170 pounds. Now, I'll talk about that in a minute and why I believe Conor actually wants to fight at 170. But let's also, for those who do not know, this is Conor McGregor's first fight in over a year. The last time he graced us with his presence in the octagon, it was against the champion one of the most gnarly dudes in the sport arguably pound for pound number one we're talking about Khabib Nurmagomedov and again that was last year in October October 6th 2018 was the last time he was actually in the octagon And as we remember, he took an L. He got submitted in the fourth round. So, that's the last time he in here. Now, again, keep that number into account. That was last year. That was a full year ago. Conor McGregor has not won a fight since he defeated Eddie Alvarez. November 12th, 2016. November 12th, 2016. People, people. 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, yo, it has been over three years, literally three years and three weeks since Conor McGregor's last win, and since he has been off in his hiatus over the last year and a half, he's faced so many legal issues, including a second sexual assault allegation, gotta throw it in there, allegation. According to the New York Times, that is which biggest publication in the world Connor has lost in this time, and again, before i'm 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 ripping him now and I'm talking about this, but I want to paint a picture for you and because I am going to discuss the actual fight itself and how I feel it is going to go ahead and go down. But again, over the last year and a half, I think the fan base. They used to be in frenzy over Conor McGregor has really become more and more exhausted with his antics. And even online, you are not seeing as big of a pop as honestly, I believed you might see with Conor McGregor coming back. So, in terms of fan appeal, is this fight going to slow? Absolutely. It is the first major pay-per-view of 2020. That's huge. People are going to tune in because of the matchup. It is between two of the biggest stars in the sport. Obviously, we have Conor McGregor, former champ champ, one of the most, not even one of, I'm going I'm to keep it, it true. It is, he is the biggest name that there has ever been in MMA. Is he the biggest guy right now? No. But it's strictly because of inactivity. It isn't because of the type of dude he is. He's been out here slinging whiskey ever since. And since he had his huge matchup with Floyd Mayweather, whom... We're going to have to talk about it a little bit as well. He had some news this past holiday weekend out there also. But let's not forget. And I think a lot of us have forgotten about this man. And I'm talking about Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Let's not forget. Donald Cowboy Cerrone holds the all-time UFC record for wins with 23. He holds the all-time UFC records for finishes with 16. He holds the all-time UFC record for post-fight bonus awards with 18. He holds the UFC all-time record in not with knockdowns with 20. He holds the all-time UFC record with seven head kick knockouts as well. So this is a fight between two of the biggest names ever to have competed in MMA. Is this event going to be the biggest UFC event of 2020? It will not. Because of the aforementioned, one, the lack of fan appeal that Conor currently has. And people are looking at this fight as if it is a warm-up fight. Even Ariel Huwani, again, I talk about him a lot, one of the best, if not the best, journalist in the game. He said he likes this. He said this is a warm-up fight to an extent for Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Now, let's think about this. Yes, it is a favorable matchup, we can say. But when it really boils down to it, who? And this is the biggest thing for me, okay? And it really made me think about it. At the end of the day, This fight is being held at hundred and seventy pounds. One-seventy, why? Why at one-seventy? People may ask. I know I did. And again, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it back to Ariel Hawani for a second, because Ariel said, why welterweight? Well, fighting at one hundred and seventy is part of McGregor's plan. To prove wrong everyone who thinks Masvidal is too big. Win at 170 against Heroni. Get the body comfortable at that weight. And then take on Masvidal or Diaz at 170. That is the game plan. And that is what Ariel Hawani, That is a quote from the great Ariel Hawani. That is what he believes. And that is what he has been told. That Conor McGregor and his team thinks. Do you want to know what I think about this? It's stupid. I'm going to say it one more time for you. It's stupid. Bro, this is a miss. This is a miss on a lot of things. Because at first I felt as if every, like the same way everyone else did. Oh, yo, he's fighting cowboy. Cowboy. Man, this is this is a warm up fight for him. This is a fight, a very winnable fight for um, for Conor McGregor. It is at 155 pounds. Conor McGregor starts off fast like a bat out of hell. Donald Cerrone doesn't start off as fast, especially at 155 pounds. He starts slow. This was a fight that should have won, been at 155. If you want Conor to be successful, it should have been at 155. And not only should have been at 155, it should have also been a three round fight, but it's a five round fight, a five round fight and a fight at 170, which both I would have to say benefit Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone has a history of a contender, At 170 pounds. As a contender. At 170. He has a winning record. He has a litany of fights. At that weight class. Now let's think about Conor at the weight class. He has two fights at 170. One against Nate Diaz. Two against Nate Diaz. And he is one and one in those fights. I'll be honest with you. I thought Nate Diaz won the second fight as well. So in my humble opinion, this is underground king speak. Fam, he's 0-2 in the weight class. And let's, again, Ariel Juani says that him and his team want to prove that he's big enough and athletic enough and everything to actually compete against Jorge Masvidal. Did, did we all forget? Jorge and Donald fought at 170. Yeah. Yeah. He did. And what happened? Jorge beat the brakes off of Donald Cerrone. Now, it, I know it sounds like I'm shitting on Donald, and everybody wants to say that this is a gimme fight for Connor. And again, at 155, I, I was kind of there with you guys. If this fight happened in July, when this fight should have taken place and when Donald Cerrone was talking about it and the UFC was talking about it and Conor was talking about it and it seems like the only reason that this fight did not come to fruition and this is coming straight from Conor McGregor's mouth is because he had a and I'm throwing up air quotes a gym fight and broke his hand trying to put on a show in front of people at some random gym. Not a sparring session. This clown literally broke his hand fighting somebody. Okay. Let, let, so again, it should have taken place there. But we forget. We look at Donald Cerrone's last two fights. He took a loss. He was stopped, I hole up against Tony Ferguson. No shame in that, one of the best in the game. Number one ranked guy in the game. In the, in the lightweight division, directly behind the champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Who, and again, I'll talk about the two of them a little bit later on. But again, Tony Ferguson is somebody who has won 11 in a row. Has not lost a fight in seven years. So the fact that he beat kind of the Cowboy Cerrone, there's no shame in that. The next fight up, he ends up getting knocked out in the first round in a terrible stylistic matchup against the guy who was directly behind in the standings behind Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, who we all agree is the most violent man of the sport and a former training partner of Donald Cerrone who Donizoroni even admitted he couldn't really get up for because he has love for Justin Gaethje. But let's talk about what he did before that. Zerone was on a three-fight winning streak. Zerone was beating the brakes off of people. Big prospect coming up. Alexander Hernandez finished him. Ally Quinta just beat Kevin Lee. Everybody's talking about how great Ally Aquinta is, which he is. What happened? Five rounds. Donald Roney beat the brakes off of him, too. Donald was on a tear. That's when that fight should have happened. That is when the UFC would have gotten the biggest bang for its buck. Not in January. In July, International Fight Week is when that fight should have happened. They should have made it after that fight. You know, Alex Hernandez, Ally Quinta. This fight should have happened in July. Because then you legitimately could have had the most notorious, literally the two biggest names, fan appeal that is, in the game. You would have had Budweiser versus proper 12. You still have that. But because both men are essentially on losing streaks, Connor not winning three years. Donald Cerrone, two-fight streak. It, it doesn't look good. Now, the last thing I'm going to say about that is this. Ring rust. Okay? Yes, Donald Cerrone is on a two-fight losing streak. Donald Cerrone also has fought four times in 2019. We have seen Donald Cerrone five times since the last time we saw Conor McGregor. I am a big believer in momentum. I am a big believer in seeing what is going to happen in that capacity. If I believe what I believe comes to fruition, and again, let's talk about the fight being at 170. 170, Donald Cerrone is not going to be as compromised as he has been at lighter weight classes. The only time Donald Cerrone loses at 170 is, well, if it's Jorge Masvidal, or it's somebody who is a bigger, more imposing opponent. What does Connor have over Donald Cerrone? Connor McGregor has elite boxing over Donald Cerrone. What does Donald Cerrone have over Connor McGregor? He has better kickboxing, he has better wrestling, he has better jiu-jitsu, he has better clinch work. And now that he is essentially comp- not as compromised at 170 pounds, Conor McGregor literally put all the chips in Donald Cerrone's side. This is a bad matchup now, being that it's at 170, being that he hasn't fought in over a year. Do I think he can get through this fight? This is still a very winnable fight. But don't let anybody, anybody, let you believe that Donald Cerrone is a walkthrough. He is not. It's a more winnable fight. He should have fought if he wanted to be in contention at 155. Now, real quick, and I'll and I move on after this. Even somebody like Alan Joban, former UFC middleweight, He went out there and actually on social media says, well, I also think that the fight being at 170 pounds, it allows him to fight big names at the weight class and still keep his title contention safe at 155 pounds. It's a smart strategy to capitalize on both divisions. Is it? Is it really though? I don't know. Only time will see. My money's on no. Okay. So again, we'll see what happens. All right. Round two. Let's go ahead and and we're going to shift gears a little bit. Let's go ahead and shift gears to boxing. We just talked about somebody in Conor McGregor, who has had his crossover fight. I've talked about Jorge Masvidal and he has called out, and he says he would love the opportunity to compete against Canelo Alvarez. The number one pound for pound boxer currently in the world. At least that's who I have at number one. ESPN has him at number one, etc. So Canelo Alvarez finally responded to everyone talking about it. Everyone was asking, will he fight um, Jorge Masfidel? Will Canelo go out there? And actually do work. And Canelo responded. And he was extremely blunt in his actions. And he went out and said this. And this is Canelo. And he actually said it to MMA Junkie. I say this with all respect. If I go into his sport. I have nothing to do there. And I think the same about boxing. If MMA fighters come into boxing. They have nothing to do here. But looking at it from a business standpoint, it is attractive. But it's not a challenge for me. So it's not my priority. All right. um, Fam, how did I feel when Canelo actually said this? Being an elite fighter from the sport, not dissing MMA. How did I really feel? <sighs> I was happy. (laughs) I was cheering. Yes, Canelo. Absolutely. Fam, these are two different sports. Why do we need to have cross sport whatevers? Obviously, if the MMA fighter goes to boxing, he's not going to be successful. The exact same way the boxer coming in MMA is not going to be successful. I'm so happy that somebody, and I hate to sound like this because I am not trashing boxing. But I'm so happy somebody from the boxing end literally said, "Look, yo, with no disrespect, this not gonna happen. Why isn't this gonna happen? Canelo Alvarez has 350 million reasons why it doesn't make sense. He's rich, rich. My man made a hundred m's for." Beating up Kovalev. Why would he go out here and do the same thing to, to uh, Jorge Masvidal? Not saying that Jorge couldn't make it interesting. I think Jorge has incredible boxing. But, dude, Canelo Alvarez is the number one pound-for-pound pound guy in the sport. This shouldn't happen. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. Get over it. Let's move on. And And honestly... It's going to bring me to the same thing in round number three. People, it is time to move on. All right. Round number three. Yo. Speaking of individuals, like I said, who just need to stay home. Dana White on his his IG. Posted this and said coming in 2020 with a picture of Floyd Mayweather Jr. Floyd Mayweather Jr., one of boxing's goats, arguably the greatest defensive fighter of all time with a record of 50 wins, 0 losses, says he believes he is coming back for two fights in 2020. He's either he's going to fight one elite boxer possibly a Manny Pacquiao, you know, a uh, rematch. And then he's going to fight a high caliber MMA fighter. Raise your hands to everybody who actually wants to see these two fights. Was that the show of hands? Let's listen to that one more time. Anybody really want to see Floyd Mayweather compete against another MMA fighter? Raise your hand. Fam, crickets. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody cares. Floyd Mayweather is 50 wins, zero losses as a boxer, and we're happy to see him continually stay at boxing. In terms of him fighting Manny Pacquiao, I'm going to be honest with you. When the fight happened, and that was five years ago, it was five years past the point that we should have seen that fight. Now, it is literally a decade past when we actually should have seen the fight. That, Floyd Mayweather realistically, let's say, he won relatively easily. I know, I know, I know. People are going to sit back and say, oh, Serge, Pacquiao had a messed up shoulder, and now he's the WBO champion. So. I don't care. I don't want to see that fight. And I don't believe that if we're talking about, here's the thing. I respect Floyd Mayweather so much as a competitor. If he is not competing against the best in the world, I don't want to see it. Because I don't want to see a diminished Floyd Mayweather. I saw what he looked like when he fought Tenshin Nakasawa. You remember the little 120-pound kickboxer that he beat the shit out of in a round? In an exhibition match last New Year's Eve? I remember that. It's the first time I didn't see Floyd with abs. And he still went out there and bully-balled that little kid. Fam, this is not a fight that we need. This is not a fight that we have seen. And in terms of him fighting somebody else, let's take a page from Canelo Alvarez's playbook. Business-wise, I get it, but it's not a challenge. If it's not challenging me, there's no reason that I need to add this to my legacy. That's exactly what Floyd Mayweather needs to do. All right, round number cuatro. Um, Moving right along, man. I want to talk about the former Bantamweight champion in the UFC, former 135 champion. We're going to talk about tj dillashaw tj dillashaw with a record of 16 and 4 12 and 4 in the ufc is and has been one of the best fighters in the world um he's been one of my favorites i've talked about it time and time again um and and i'm disappointed in him as a lot of us are because of him and his epo and all the other PDs and stuff we know um Two-time champion in his weight class, tried to go for a three-time champion, he tried to move down in weight, uh, ended up losing to Henry Cejudo by first round, couple second KO, or TKO, should I say. Um, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I appreciate the fact that he has been coming on television, talking about it, but Is it actually falling on deaf ears? So I want to bring this up, and we're gonna go ahead and break it down. He was recently on a MMA show, and this is what he had to say. You take EPL. I took an anemia medication called Procrit, which the main ingredient was erythropoietin. Um, It it helps rebuild red blood cells. And when you become uh, anemic, you your red blood cells start to plummet. You lose energy. Um, I was on a Super strict, you know, sixteen hundred calorie diet and working too hard. just I, I pushed my body to the stream, man. I mean, no excuses. I, I made the mistake of uh, of uh, wanting to do something that hadn't been done, and uh, you know sold my soul to the devil. and and now i gotta I gotta build myself back up and and deal with it, right? why did you take EPL? So that is why he said he took it. He said he he signed a deal with the devil. And he wants to do something that no one has ever done before. Dropping down a weight class, attaining a, another championship belt to continue building on his legacy. That is what he said. How what is the consensus of the MMA community when he said this? Pam, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um I will say this. I'm glad that he's going out there and essentially doing damage control. The more he owns up to it. Look at Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen, I talked about it. I brought up voice clips back then. But when he popped, he he admitted it. He stood up for it. And when he came back, he was loved. He was brought together. Yes. Here's the difference. TJ Dillashaw was extremely dominant. A dominant champion and people are always going to blame him and say the only reason he was dominant was because of the PEDs and the EPO. He says it's a one time thing. Everybody else disagrees with him. I'm happy he's coming out. I'm happy he's saying this. But until he competes again and he proves that he can put a couple wins together and that he proves that he can do this and grow. He will never be as welcomed into the community. He will not be as loved and perceived as a great champion again. Unless he goes out there, proves the naysayers wrongs and actually wins. Is this a bad thing that he's coming out and saying this and saying that he he sold his soul to the devil? No, it's not a bad thing, but here's the thing. Nobody cares. If you go on just the YouTube or the IG page in which this post is up, and this is on ESPN's uh, MMA page, Brad Tavares, the list goes on, Brad Tavares, There there was at least five different fighters that I saw, that were like, whatever bro, I don't believe it, fam, they look at him as a cheater now, no matter what he says, he's always going to be labeled a cheater, Um, unless he comes back and does work, look at John Jones, look at others. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with TJ Dillashaw. All right. So round number five. And uh, while we're at it, man, let's go ahead and finish off like I always love finishing off our fight news with all of the amazing fight announcements of the past week. We already had the great fight announcement with Conor McGregor and Donald Cowboy Cerrone, but we also have come on, man. The 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 diehards' dream. Fifth time is the charm. We have the champion Khabib Nurmagomedov at 155 pounds versus the underground champ, the the uncrowned king, the the former interim champion who never lost his belt, Tony Ferguson. This is going to be April 18th, Brooklyn, New York, the Barclays Center. Fam, this is the fifth time that this fight has been scheduled. The f- Is this fight cursed? A lot of people have been asking. It, this ki- The fight was canceled because of Khabib missing weight and getting very ill after eating tiramisu. Tony Ferguson, when they were going to fight for the interim title, tripping over a, a freak accident, tripped over some, some cords at the UFC, pubbing the event, tore literally the ligaments off of his knee. There has been things back and forth all 5 of these fights and check this out though since the first time since the first time that this fight was scheduled both of these men have won 6 fights in a row both of these men in their UFC career had are 11 and 0 they are two of the best in the world. They are two of the best lightweight cha- the lightweight champions. Yes, lightweight champions ever because Tony is a champion. He's an interim champion. And he never lost the belt. This is the fight of fights. This is who's going to see who is the greatest lightweight fighter of all time. Who is the greatest champion that we have ever seen in mixed martial arts at 155 pounds. They ha- if you look at the bracket, If this is a tournament style and you go down the list, the two of these guys have cleared out that division. These are the last two standing in the most stacked weight class in the sport, in the most stacked organization in the sport. I can't wait to see this fight happening April 18th when the fight gets closer. Obviously, I'll talk a whole lot more about it. Um, This fight should be great, man. Also, man, the former lightweight champion Anthony Pettis also makes his comeback. He will actually fight against um, Diego Pejera. This fight, another one, should be very, very, very entertaining. Um, this is one of those fights that I think a lot of people didn't expect or did not anticipate. But regardless, it is a fun one. This fight will also take place on that McGregor cowboy car. January 18th, Las Vegas, Nevada. Look, man, Diego Ferreira 16 and 2. Obviously, Anthony Pettis, 22 and 9. Um, look it should be a great fight, I'll obviously get into it more and more, Diego Ferreira is on a five fight winning streak, but he did lose before that to Dustin Dustin Poirier by KO and Benil Dariush, can he beat the upper echelon, guys, this fight will say a lot, and this is also Anthony Pettis coming back down to 155, we'll see what happens, I can't wait, to see this fight, this is also gonna end up being at um in Las Vegas, Nevada. Also, other fights, also that uh, this is going to be March 14th, UFC on ESPN Plus. We have Paige Van Zant making her return at straw weight against amanda ribas amanda ribas is eight and one against paige van zant who is somebody who again a lot of individuals have been calling out and it doesn't seem as if paige wants it so um paige van zant is tough she's durable she's gritty this is the last fight on her deal and a lot of people believe she will not sign with the ufc because her husband Austin Vanderfort actually currently fights with Beltor. So we will see what ends up happening. Um, She's fighting a very tough opponent in March. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. At this point in time, I got Rivas. Also, tell you all the fight announcements, yo. Another card that, yo, I just have to say is one of the best. In fact, I got to let people know. Well, you got to put this. Man, fire, Paul Felder. February 22nd. Happy late birthday to me. Is gonna go ahead and fight Dan Hooker. You, fam. This is a fight against two lightweight contenders. This is a fight against two of the most dangerous guys at 155, two big physical durable lightweights who are both on a tear man i can't wait to end up seeing what happens and this fight actually was really dope because a lot of us know paul felder actually does a lot with the ufc he's one of in my opinion one of the best in terms of color commentary with the ufc and they actually were in the case together once before This past April, in fact, it was April, I believe, 20th, uh, 2018, Paul Felder was in the cage with um, Dan Hooker, and Dan Hooker actually pretty much called his shot then. This is what happened. I ranked opponent next, and I just so happen to be standing across from my ranked opponent without a fight, so if you'll do me the honor next... We could uh, get Sean to match it up. I've been waiting for somebody to actually have some guts to stand here in front of me and say that they wanted to fight me. So if Sean Shelby talks to me tonight and tells me he wants me to fight you. You're a tough opponent. I think you deserve somebody higher ranked than that. Great fight. Um, two guys that are incredible. I love it. I love the, the bravado. I love... Um, these are two guys that are going to go stand and bang two incredible strikers. Obviously you have Dan Hooker that represents city kickboxing. Great fundamentals. Amazing. Obviously all the fainting that I've talked about before, but then you also on the other hand have Paul Felder, very durable, very powerful. And he is also trains up in Milwaukee with one of the greatest kickboxing coaches of all time. That is Duke Rufus. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be a, strategic matchup two guys top 10 two guys wanting vying for that title shot I can't wait to see what happens there alright good people with that being said that has been our fight news our five rounds of fight news for the week Um, let's go ahead and move right along All right, yo, before we jump into it, do not forget each and every week we are brought to you guys by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEats.com. Chicago.com. again sign up at sageeatschicago.com for all of your nutrition and fitness goals especially if you live right here in chicago if you live in chicago they will drop the meals directly to your home or office if you're not that's cool sage eats offers fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation check out sage eats at sageeatschicago.com Sage chicago.com Apply promo code fight for 10% off your first three months. Also, don't forget to check out the Fight Podcast Everywhere podcasts are available, the greatest combat, sports, and culture show in the universe, hosted by The Underground King. Let everybody know, man. You can find that everywhere: Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Sound, SoundCloud, Stitcher, everywhere on the website, thefightpodcast.com, and much more. Check out me, Serge, the Underground King, at Surge Vicente, and so much more. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump back into episode 167. Alright, people. So, check it out. We have some decent fights coming up this week, not gonna lie. um, Boxing, amazing fights, but um, in the UFC, especially the main event, it's some incredible ones, man. So let's just go ahead and break this fight card down real quick. This upcoming weekend on Saturday, 8 p.m., we are going to see the return of the Ream. Alistair Overeem is fighting against Rosenstruck that is this Saturday the Capital One Arena in Washington DC this card is also going to be on ESPN it is going to be the card that they actually honor Stephen um, Stuart Scott Stuart Scott passed away uh, a couple of years ago due to cancer And um, this is a like the Jimmy V Foundation, and they're doing a big thing for Stuart Scott, who was an amazing uh, human being, one of the individuals that really anyone who is a minority and is interested in doing any type of sports media. Stuart Scott was somebody whom all of us looked up to. From catchphrases like, booyah, cool as the other side of the pillow. He was one of the people that made you excited about watching sports. He was a huge advocate for MMA in the UFC, and it is incredible that they're actually going out here and doing something for him. So I cannot wait to see this event, and I hope that it is going to be as remarkable as I, as the individual Stuart Scott actually was, man. So salute to ESPN, salute to the UFC, and obviously salute to Stuart Scott and his family. For me, this is extremely important that they're acknowledging and really trying to hone in and help people and giving proceeds to people with cancer. I've spoke about it before on this show. The only reason I was not able to continue with my dreams of competing in MMA was because when I was in my late 20s, right before I was planning to turn officially turn professional, I had testicular cancer. It knocked me out for three years and I wasn't able to compete anymore. I have not stopped training, but with that time off being in my late 20s, it just wasn't realistic anymore. Um, and I found something else, as you guys are hearing, that I love that I can still contribute to the sport that I love. So being that Stuart Scott is somebody who I truly looked up to. He's someone who I truly admired. And seeing where he is again, you know, unfortunate unfortunate demise, but what the UFC is doing in putting on this event in honor of him, um, being somebody who is a survivor. This means a lot. Um, Salute to everybody. Whom you know is a part of this. And I'm extremely extremely happy. That they're doing this. But look man. The card's not too bad. It's actually a a pretty good card. Obviously we have a legend. In Alistair Overeem. Obviously he's the still man. Dude after years. Alistair Overeem is, is a legend. He's someone who is a former K-1 Grand Prix World Champion. He's someone who's a former Gr- Dream Heavyweight World Champion. He's a force Heavyweight World Champion. The only real belt he hasn't won at this point in time is actually the UFC belt. And he's still ranked after all the accolades, after all of everything. Overeem is still ranked in the top 10 in the UFC, man. Um, he's going to fight a monster in um, Jorino Rosenstruck. Um, big boy, big boy Rosenstruck. He's ranked number 14 his last time out, which honestly was only a month ago. He beat the legend, knocked out in the first round. Andre Arlovsky um uh Alistair Overeem with a record of 44 and 17 absolute beast he won his last fight he's on a tear he's streaking back to a title shot again Rosenstruik is 9 and 0 um this can go so many different ways but I'm gonna be honest with you I'm going with the prospect I'm going with Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck is somebody who is not going to be outgunned when it comes to the striking. He's somebody who is a huge kickboxing vet in his own manner. He was fighting for glory. The top M- uh, kickboxing organization here in America. Dude is a beast. and He's knocking everybody's head completely off. When it comes to, um, to MMA. He's from Suriname. Suriname. A lot of those guys end up training with the Dutch. Um, Tyrone Spung comes to mind. He's somebody who is a multiple time world champion. Somebody who is just an absolute monster. Was going to fight Usyk. Until Eddie Hearn went ahead and pulled some strings. So that wouldn't happen. But still. Guys from that area know how to get busy. We've talked about these. One guy coming up, one guy going down. Is it going to be the old line holding it down and moving forward? Or is the young guy going to make a name for himself off the old guy's back? I say it's the latter. Rosenstruk's going to end up getting a KO in this one also. I think his record's going to move up to 10-0. And is going to be in title contention in twenty twenty. Should be a great one, man. Also on this card, we have Cynthia Cavallo against Marina Rodriguez. This should be a great fight, man. Number ten versus number nine. Both women been out here doing absolute work as of late. Um, both of them are actually coming off of wins. Cynthia Cavallo eight and one record. Mar- uh, Marina Rodriguez is eleven and zero. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Maria Rodriguez looks like an absolute beast beating tata, um, um, a number like I said, of opponents coming up um, beating fighters that again, people with legitimate names, she's going out here and just running through Tisha Torres, tiny tornado. She's running through women that people believed her names. Jessica Aguilar, Ronda Marcos, she absolutely destroyed all of these opponents. Cynthia Cavalio is great as she is, and I am a big fan of her and her talent. I think the upstart, the prospect, Marina Rodriguez, is going to continue what she's been doing and go ahead and get a W um, this week as well, man. Again, dude, this card is, is pretty stacked, man. And again, we keep the party going with Stefan Struve versus uh, Big Ben Rothwell. Um, two old grizzled vets in the sport um two guys that have been all over the place man you have sky straper Stefan Struve versus Ben Rothwell one from the Netherlands, one from in the midwest Ben Rothwell record of thirty six and eleven Stefan Struve, thirty three and eleven um both guys have been inactive really over the last couple years Ben Rothwell's coming off of a couple losses but people will argue that he should have won um those are split decision losses as well so man who knows uh Stefan Struve coming off of a big win but has been in and out he's had health issues with his heart he's also been again like I said very inactive he retired and now he's back so is he all the way in especially Fighting somebody who realistically really still wants to compete in being B- Big Ben Rothwell. I got Big Ben going to go ahead and get a stoppage win on this one also. Uh, next on the card, we have the number five ranked weight in the world in the women's weight division. She's also the number five ranked in terms of pound for pound Fighters under 25 years old, according to ESPN and their their writers, I'm talking about Aspen Ladd, coming off her first loss in her career against Jermaine Durandame. Um, She's fighting the very, very dangerous and former Invicta champion, Yana Kuyuskaya. Again. Big fight for Aspen Lad. another big, I don't want to say a step up in competition, but the same level. And this is going to put her right back into a title shot if she wins this fight. She has the organization who has her back. She has the fandom. Um, Aspen Lad is going to be a star and she has an opportunity in the future to possibly be a champion. We'll see how the last loss really affects her. But again, um, I have her beaten yana Eskaya. Um also on this card, this is rounding out the main e- uh the main event. Look, man, this is actually a really dope uh fight. Cody Stamen, really dangerous, number nine ranked guy in the bantamweight division. Um Michigan Zone fighting Song Yadong uh out of Chinese top team. Look, big fan of Cody Stamen. Really good dude. Um his resume and record speak for itself. He goes out here and beats people up 18 and two record dictates the pace of the fight dictate where the action takes place. Um, solid, solid dude. Sonya dong 14 and four, one, no contest. But I'm telling you, man, this young kid is coming forward. He had an amazing stoppage win. um, his last time out, um, and I'm be honest with you again, that was against uh, Perez, huge stop first first round stoppage. The dude is legitimate. The dude is great, man. It should be, um honestly, I see that possibly being the fight of the night. um boom, man. So that is the main card of UFC Fight night um d c. It should be a good one. I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. We'll see what ends up happening. Obviously, I'll be right here breaking it down for you guys next Monday morning. But look, man, that is not all of the fight news we have. We also have the rematch. We have Andy Ruiz Jr. against Joshua. I'm going to do a full deep dive into that in our boxing episode with Brandon Camille that will come out this Friday morning. But I'm going to give you my picks really quick. I got Ruiz coming and winning in um, in another knockout. I don't like what I've seen from Anthony Joshua. I don't like that Anthony Joshua has really been, man, if you look at it, he's never really taking full blame or really sat in why he lost. He said Andy Ruiz was blessed with a gift from the gods. He said, that's the only reason Andy Ruiz beat him. Not because Andy Ruiz has over 100 amateur fights. Not because Andy Ruiz was honestly an undefeated fighter. Not because Andy Ruiz has more experience and faster hands and better boxing skill. No, he said it was a gift that left Hook. When I see that, me, 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 Serge, personally, when I see that, to me, it tells me he didn't learn nothing. You're blaming things. You're giving me excuses. You he had people in his team saying, oh, it's because he got hurt. He got dropped by some dude in training. The heavyweight champion of the world got dropped by some dude in training. That's the excuse. He had a panic attack in the background. That's the other excuse. Well, guess what, pumpkin? You're the heavyweight champion of the world. You're going to have pressure. You're going to have to dig deep. Serge, you're hating on him. Oh, no, you've never liked Anthony Joshua. That's not true. I think Anthony Joshua is legitimately top five heavyweight in the world. Do I think he's as great as people make him seem? No, but I'm also critical on a guy who I believe quit in his last fight. You visibly saw him break down. You visibly saw him look around and start thinking in his last fight. And you can tell when he was like, Man, I, I, I don't really want to be here anymore. I don't. I I want to go home. The moment that he spit his mouthpiece out. Tuh. It didn't fall out. It didn't get knocked out. Tuh. He spit that shit out. When I saw that? Oh, he quit. He don't play no more. He took his ball and went back to England. Or should I say Saudi Arabia? That's why they're not back in the States. They wanted to be back in his favor. And he's also gone out there. Have you seen? He's lost. Easily 20 pounds. People are saying, oh, he's going to be leaner. He's going to be faster. He's still not going to be as fast as Anthony jo- or Andy Ruiz. He's still not going to throw better combers- combinations than Andy Ruiz. Oh, but sirs, you forget how quick you forget. Joshua was the one who knocked down Ruiz first. Yeah, but who won the fight? Who cares who got the first knockdown? I saw a guy pick himself back up, get pissed off, take a bigger shot on the way in, knock his opponent down, knock his opponent down again, take a couple rounds, and then knock them down twice more and finish the fight. What am I missing? Oh, nothing. I'm not... That's why I believe... And Ruiz is going to get the victory this time out. Um, what happens to Joshua if he loses? He has a $75 million payday this weekend. I don't see what he continues to fight for. I don't. Um, will he? I don't know. Honestly, I can't tell the future, but I don't believe uh, he'll stick around. He is, in essence, the number four guy. He can't beat Wilder. He can't be Fury. He can't be Ruiz. He'd have to do some work. I, I believe he's champion enough to pick himself up after this loss. He'll come back. I think a fight with um, Ortiz would be the biggest fight possible and the best fight for him. The Ortiz who just lost to Deontay Wilder. Those are the only two losses on his career. If he comes back and beats King Kong, then again, we can get his name back in the mix. He can go out there and also fight after that an, an Usyk. Beat an Usyk, somebody who people believe can possibly be heavyweight champion at one point in time. Beats him, then we're, then we're talking. Then he can come back and do his thing. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's all contention on he needs to win this weekend. Out of the, everybody, this fight means more for him than I think it does for um, and his legacy than it does for Ruiz. But... With all that being said, I got Ruiz winning in a KO victory. Bang. All right, yo, you hear the bell, yo. That is about all the time we have for today on episode 167 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. I, as always, am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. Thank you, as always, for joining me, man. I always appreciate you guys. Make sure you tell everybody to listen everywhere podcasts are available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Look at the website, thefightpodcast.com. Uh, holiday season's coming up. Let us know if you want merch. We're trying to make that happen for you guys, thefightpodcast.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Sage Eats Chicago. Check out Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. Boom. Love you guys as always. I'll see you guys next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Deuces!